Hey everybody, just real quick before the show started, uh, this is Steve, and I just wanted to let you know, for all the latest information on our podcast, hit us up on Twitter at EILF Movies, that's everything I learned from movies. We're also on Instagram and Facebook. If you're looking for incredible art, or maybe gifts for an upcoming uh, birthday, or Father's Day, Mother's Day, anything like that, Christmas, uh, you can check out Izzy's art at untidyvenus.etsy.com. You can also find us on all the uh, podcatchers like Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or iTunes, whatever they're calling it these days, Podcast Addict. Uh, basically, Google us, you'll find us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. All right, on with the show. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one last plot holes and gratuitous movies It's time to get busy with your friend Steven Izzy Now, the most widely read, talked about, and cherished masterpiece of a generation comes to the screen Dino De Laurentiis presents... Dune. I see two great houses feuding. A world where the unexpected. Many dangers exist on Arrakis. The unknown. Police. And the unbelievable meet. Where kingdoms are built on earth that moves. And skies are filled with fire. Where warriors fight with a thought. And kill with a word. A world that holds creation's greatest treasure. He who controls the spice controls the universe. And greatest terrors. A world where the mighty. The mad. All I can see is an Atreides that I want to kill. And the magical. The sleeper has awakened. Will have their final battle. A world called Doom. Long live the fighters! Kill until no Harkonnen breathes Arakeen air. Dune, a world beyond your experience, beyond your imagination. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything I Learned, Learned from, from movies. movies. And tonight! Oh, tonight! Oh, we are starting off Dune June with, of course... 1984's Doom. Yeah! Oh my god, so good. But we are not alone. <gasps> We're not. Do I yeah. need to put on some pants? Yeah, it's your choice. <laughs> but, uh, with us is uh, beloved Patreons, but also Dune experts, Ruben and Erica Schoenfeld. <laughs> Welcome, Ruben and Erica. <laughs> because I read the book 25 years ago. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's more than we have. <laughs> Okay, so, welcome, so welcome. you're not gonna ask me how the book compares to the movie because I I don't remember much of the book. So <laughs> the case the movie comes in is slightly smaller. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh, it's so. actually your first time with us, which is crazy, but <laughs> I finally make it happen. But 1984's Dune. Oh man. I'm actually a little parched, though. Like, I've been watching a movie about a desert planet or something for a while. Well, Steve, you better reach inside your uh, bio bag there and pull out some reclaimed... <laughs> you know what? We're going to talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's no spice melange, but uh, we do have a melon cart from Golden Road Brewing. Woo! A watermelon wheat ale with notes of honeydew and cantaloupe. 
Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Four uh, percent alcohol by volume. <laughs> All right. Let me do a uh, pop my top. Oh, my top. Nice. <laughs> right, and the pour. Oh yeah. This nice. is a very pale beer. Uh, it's got a nice haze to it, I'm assuming, from all the melon. Uh, yeah, super, super. It's almost like a lemonade. It's got yeah. a white, foamy head, lots of tiny bubbles. Oh, my goodness. It just smells like a honeydew, like, <laughs> right off the top. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much of the, uh, if it's artificial flavoring or what on it, but it is strong. Mm. Fruity. It's like fruit like, juice, yeah. and honestly, it's delicious. Yeah, it's Very bad. sweet, very light. I'm enjoying this, babe. Mm-hmm. Drink this nice and chilled on a hot day. I am in. Nice. Uh, Ruben and Erica, are you uh, enjoying beverages on your end? Some coffee. <laughs> I might yeah, go for, yeah. go for the hard stuff. <laughs> the hard stuff, right. The keeping us awake stuff. Nice. From the ground beans of Colombian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to help myself do a Smirnoff. Like, probably the ice one, the lemonade one, in a little bit. Ooh, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. I, I call those bitch beers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember in high school. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, have memories of, like, Zima and, like, stealing Zima out of my dad's fridge back in the late 90s. <laughs> Oh, Zimas. I think what we were trying to say is the drinking age is twenty one, kids. Don't uh don't break that. <laughs> that's that's true. I never said how old I am. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. All right. Uh Dune. Uh from from writer director David Lynch. Who's he, Steve? You may be wondering. <laughs> Yeah, of course, he did Eraserhead, which uh, if you haven't seen, d- don't worry. I mean, it's it's like the greatest student film of all time, from what I understand. I I just remember like a baby and a guy with a high top fade. and uh, uh, But he did do The Elephant Man, which is a great film. You should definitely check out. Oh, yeah. Uh, then he did this. And then he kind of went with his own thing with uh, Blue Velvet, uh, Wild at Heart, Twin Peaks. Uh, <laughs> Lost Highway, Mulholland Drive, and Inland Empire, and basically for the last 20 years he's been doing a lot of short films and... Uh, mm, crawling up his own butt? I mean, it, it's... Uh, some 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 people love his style. I mean... Some people like, like, three of his movies. I feel like David <laughs> Lynch fans are sort of like Star Wars fans. They like a movie, maybe two, and then have a problem with the rest of it. Oh, I have a fun fact. <laughs> you bring up Star Wars fans with this movie. Oh, no. Uh, but, of course, uh, the, it is based on the novel by Frank Herbert or Herbert. I'm not sure how you're supposed to pronounce it. But uh, Frank Herbert, <laughs> uh, who basically wrote this and 2012 Ceasefire, which is a cautionary tale of weapons in the future. That's mm-hmm. that. That's like it, as far as I know, <laughs> like that I can find at least. Um, well, but but this by by saying he wrote Dune, he wrote like what? He wrote probably four of the books, and then the son did it, the end of it, or something like that, right? Oh yeah, 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 the, yeah, the series like of Dune, and then yeah, it was continued. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it's true. Like, it's talking, right? In a way. Yeah. 
You got to write all the appendix for it. Yeah, and uh, and you'll see a lot of similarities between Dune and we'll say other space wizard franchises that might be out there. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> but uh, of course, this version stars. A young Kyle MacLachlan as Paul Atreides. Uh, Sean Young is in it as Chani. I mean, Brad Dorif, Jose Ferrer, Linda Hunt, Virginia Madsen, Everett McGill, Jurgen Prochnow, Patrick Stewart, Max von Sydow, Dean Stockwell, and of course, everybody's favorite, <laughs> Sting. Woo! <laughs> uh, Ruben, Erica, do, do you guys remember your first time watching this movie? Oh, God. Uh... It is long ago. I definitely know that was in Germany, so it was before I moved here. And I think I played the computer game before I watched the movie, and then I got the soundtrack, and then I got the books. So I did it, I guess, all the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, the soundtrack by Toto. It is fantastic. killer, yeah. So good. The first time I watched it, and... I just remember being totally blown away, like, that there was this whole new world opened up, you know, so this fictional universe, and and I really enjoyed the, I, I remember, at least, enjoying the music from Toto, and the special effects back in the, you know, like, when in the 80s, these were pretty cool special effects, so I remember enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, how about you, babe? I feel like this was one I had to try a couple of times. I kept having to try and like catch it on TV. We didn't own it. Yeah, yeah. And I would, I, I remember, you know, it'd, be, it'd always be like a TNT or a sci-fi channel or something event. But I would always come in just like, probably honestly just like three minutes into it, but being like, well, I've already apparently missed all of this plot. I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. I wanted to like it. So I think the first time like I got to watch it and really enjoy it was like in my 20s. Oh really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. When I was a when I was a kid, I remember this would be on like um, like a Saturday Saturday matinee on TV. Like that was how I watched it, and so I I, I like knew like the exact point where it was like, okay, the the one they aired on Saturday is over, and this is where the credits come in <laughs> midway <laughs> in the story, and then like, oh yeah, this is where a commercial cut comes in. Like like I'd seen it a couple times as like a kid on the TV, but as far as like watching the whole thing as an adult and actually kind of comprehending what was going on for the most part, maybe 10 years ago, maybe because <laughs> <laughs> one of those movies, it, it's, it's really divisive. Like, like we're going to get into it, but, but it, it jams a lot into two hours and 15 minutes or 17 minutes, whatever it is. It was something like that, but there is a whole world that they're trying to build in a very short time, which is, well, I'm glad with the the new one coming out later this year, they're splitting it into two movies. So it's like, it's it's going to be like five or six hours instead of just two. So well, plus what what Izzy was saying that if you're a couple minutes in, the first fifteen minutes are so important because of all the backstory. Oh my god! There's some yes. slow parts in the in the movie, like when they're just standing around looking at the water. But I mean, the, just the first fifteen minute, minutes. If you miss that and you don't know the books, you're you're going to be lost. <laughs> Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and like the first couple times I see it on TV and stuff, I apparently had missed the the first couple, right. of, <laughs> even like the first half hour on TV or whatever with commercials and all. But it was like, oh, okay, so all right, there's a desert planet. All right, this is this is a lot like Star Wars. Wait, nope, not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so yeah, the first first forever of this movie, uh, we have Virginia Madsen as a, a, a princess. I forget her name. Princess uh, Leona or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, the Empress Daughter, yeah. Yeah, and uh, she's basically giving me background like, all right, guys, here's where you are. The year is 10,191, and there's the Spice Melange, which uh, extends life and makes space travel possible. And uh, if you ingest it, you trip balls. Uh, <laughs> yep. Or have, you know, hallucinogenic experiences. And it's only found on one planet uh, that has these pesky little natives that have uh, kind of retreated to the poles uh, because people are fighting over the spice. Oh, there's also giant worms. Let's not forget about that. Uh, there's also a prophecy of a messiah who will save the planet, Arrakis. And when I I had forgotten the name of the planet. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry, did you say Iraq? <laughs> well, uh, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of comparisons between the spice and oil. So I wouldn't be surprised if somewhere back in history there was some sort of tie to Iraq and Arrakis. Yeah, I, 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 I think it's a very thinly veiled uh, <laughs> uh, story about the, the Middle East and all because that. Because oil is what keeps the economy going, and in this universe, spice is what the, keeps everything going. Yep, it, it, it makes you know long-distance travel possible, like mm. space travel, uh, extends life, mm. uh, and let's face it, you drink a little bit, you're going to trip balls. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Oh, there's also space witches. Oh yes, the space witches. Oh, yeah. Oh, and and there's the, the, the there's like the four main planets involved in this movie. I, I don't remember the name of the planet, but Arrakis is one of them. Uh, there's like Calderon or something. <laughs> Not Alderon, uh, but where the uh, the House Atreides. You know, I, I guess they're the good guys slash uh, Europe. Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's the the planet where the Harkonnens are. Um, not Russia. Definitely not Russia. Uh, <laughs> and then the fourth planet, I think that's the one where like the uh, the, the emperor, emperor of the lives. universe yeah. lives, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's the best looking one. If you, we just watched the movie to refresh, and it was the best looking planet. It's a little unfair. He's got yeah. all the like land and water, and the other ones look a little more single sided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's 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 uh, basically Earth where the ever lives. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there's the water planet, the desert planet, and the lava planet. Basically. Right, pretty much <laughs> industrial steel planet kind of thing, right? Yeah. I wonder if Kevin Costner lives on Caladan, Waterworld, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but they but they found a couple spots of dry land, so <laughs> yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so they're they're having a uh, a big gathering of royalty where the emperor's uh, you know just chilling with all the people from the different planets, kind of a thing. Um, and I noticed there's like some of the people walking around it. Like there's a guy with like twelve little like pit bulls or never like pit bulls. The charpays or something like little. Or little pugs, I think. Like is little what they pugs. Were. Yeah. yeah. Well, at the beginning, I think there were bulldogs. The pugs come in later. Because oh, I, oh, that's I, right. The pugs to me uh, like there were bulldogs yeah. on the Empire's right. planet, and then pugs for the Atreides. That's right. <laughs> these these horrible alien creatures that somehow resemble <laughs> our, <laughs> our domesticated dogs. <laughs> Disgusting creatures. Yeah. Well, what something that that Erica noticed was that 
it seems like over the last 8,000 years, dogs haven't really evol evolved much. Well, like, when you've when already you look, perfected. I mean, yeah, they're perfected. I guess they just kept them that way after <laughs> after 200 years of breeding. It just went and stopped. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, we got it, guys. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. And and uh, one thing I noticed watching this time with the, the gathering of the royalty or whatever, there was like a, an old printer noise just going in the background. Like, eek, eek, yep. eek, eek, eek. And I'm like... Are, are, they, alarm? are they printing is off it... something on that paper with the holes on the side? Or... <laughs> Somebody's ripping printers? <laughs> yeah, uh, it, the noise came up right about when the uh, uh, the emperor's the daughter was up. upset. And so I was like, Daddy, somebody's using the printer without asking! <laughs> <laughs> Guards! Uh, but yeah, they were, then it was around the time we were introduced to the, uh, the space witches. Uh, yeah, <laughs> led by uh, the lady. Oh, what's her name? Like the the Reverend Mother. Oh, what's her name? Uh, I remember it's the producer's wife. <laughs> oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah. Okay, so there's the Reverend Mother who's hanging out with the president, and uh, and then the the party's interrupted when. Um, oh my gosh, this is something I remember as a kid. Uh, <laughs> People walking in with this, uh, what looks like a giant tank, mm -hmm. kind of ro just rolling into the room, opening up. Steam tank, right? Yeah, <laughs> and they open it up, and inside is this—I uh, don't know—it's like a mix between like an octopus and a baby fetus that uses <laughs> yep. telepathy a, to communicate. And... Has a vagina for a mouth. Right. Uh, yeah, that's exactly and, what I thought. Is he like? Have you ever heard the phrase "roast beef vagina"? Yes, oh, God. that is exactly Absolutely. what I see when I look right at here. the navigators. You are correct, ma'am. Oh my, yes, that's that's perfect. Uh, but and it's like, uh, and I okay, I didn't get this from the movie, so I seem to remember hearing this on like the documentary or something. But it's like, isn't it like? supposed to be like floating around in like spice water that's basically how it communicates and i don't even know what it's called like if, if it has a name or it's, something it's like immersed in spice yeah well um, the thing that comes out they're totally like vacuuming it up again i guess it has to be recycled or something i don't know like that comes steams out of the side and and they stand there with vacuum cleaners sucking it all oh, up yeah. again i don't know if you noticed that yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I know. So, like, it, it looks like they're they're like little metal detectors or whatever. But yeah, they're like vacuums, and I guess it, they just run it through a filter, you know, recycle, sure. or keep it put it back in the water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's basically just a giant shrimp. You got to keep the salination. Yeah. There. yeah. <laughs> the, this this entity and the president are talking about the House of Atreides and the House of Harkonnen, and basically there's a plot where the the Harkonnens have been running the, the planet of Arrakis, but now Atreides is going to run it. But uh, they basically decide, nope, we don't like that. Uh, this Paul Atreides guy, the the, the dad, the, the king Atreides basically has yeah. to die. And the president's like, well, that's how it must be. It's how it must be. All right. Guess that's what we're doing now. <laughs> the navigator who comes and talks to the emperor, he wants... Paul Atreides killed, not Duke Leto. 
he said that they're worried more about Paul because they can kind of sense that Paul is going to be a danger to them in their way of life. And so it's, it's him, not the Duke that he wants killed. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's right. That's right. Cause I was worried like, what, why, why the young Duke? Uh, don't, don't you mean, don't you mean Leto, Jürgen Procknell? Get him out of here. Like, no, nope, nope. The young one, get him out. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, so then we're introduced to the young Duke played by Kyle McLaughlin. And, uh, he, he's also joined by Jean-Luc Picard, uh, Al from Quantum Leap and the rat person from, uh, Harry Potter. They all walk (laughs) in the room at the same time. True. Uh, uh, basically, like, Patrick Stewart's playing uh, Gurney, who's like his, uh, basically like his, uh, his, the person that teaches him to fight and like be a warrior. His, yeah. I don't know, his commanding officer, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Al, played by Dean Stockwell's, like the doctor, mm-hmm. and not entirely sure what the guy from Harry Potter. Uh, I know his name's like Th- Thufer or something like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he's he's like the king's advisor or the. Sorry, the, like the advisor to the the family or something, right? So Thufir and Pedor, the one that works for the Harkonnens, they are called Mentats, and as far as I understand, they're like human computers. They're supposed to know like everything there is to know, and like you say, be some kind of advisor to whoever they're working for. And so Thufir is the advisor to the Atreides house. And I think his name is Peter. He's the advisor to the Harkonnens. Yeah, the the Brad Dorif guy. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I got that he was supposed to be super smart. But yeah, for some reason, uh, the Trades one, it was just kind of like, like, like he was there, but I didn't know exactly what his role was. Okay. Well, no time for that. Kyle McLaughlin and uh, Patrick Stewart have to pr- practice c- combat with their shields. And, uh, oh my God, okay. So they they have like these these shields that are uh, oh my god how do I describe it uh, basically like CGI boxes that go around them as they're fighting and trying to stab through like they you know they're they're basically like little mobile force fields I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can't but wait for the remake because they look so bad in this movie. <laughs> it almost looks like somebody I, painted on on the celluloid from the film and just painted these boxes around them. I don't know; they they just don't look right. Yeah, it. it I mean, it's not the greatest by today's standard. No, but I remember that's kids, why. Like, oh my gosh, these are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> For the '80s, good job. Then again, I was also super impressed with the uh, power suits from Captain Power and the Soldiers of the Future. So. <laughs> <laughs> Right up my alley. <laughs> I, was like, I sort of dug it, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after a little, uh, little fighting, we find out that, uh, you know, the the shields like they'll reflect like bullets and like like quick stuff, you know, fired at them or whatever. But a slow, persistent blade will penetrate it and get through uh, to the people. That may come into play later. Right. What? No. <laughs> Um, and we get some more backstory about the, uh, the the natives on the planet Arrakis. Uh, they're called the, the the Frenin, I believe. Um, they basically live in the the north and south poles of the planet, um, and that area is forbidden from anyone who's trying to like mine the spice and stuff that they've been getting from there. Uh, oh, that's right. There's also the scene where uh, uh, Paul Atreides um, is using his uh, his sound gun, which is basically like a a little thing he puts over his hand, and then he does a little, yeah, 
and it fires like a little blast out instead of like a bullet. Yeah, his voice is a weapon. Yes. <laughs> and he's going against like this uh, this fighter bot thing that kind of like comes from the sky, and basically it kind of looks like a like a cappuccino machine or something. But it's <laughs> it, it's also like you know those uh, in like martial arts. There's the the stands right. that have like little wood, wood pegs that come yeah. out. It's like that, but it's like arrows and drills and <laughs> swords and stuff instead of wood pegs and <laughs> just kind of spinning around and you know I, I, know I saw some kind of similarity to the spears or spikes or whatever would come out of James Bond's cars when he was driving past another car and and it would you know cut the tires of the neighboring car or something I I always see that kind of thing at this in with the fighting module thing that they do yeah, yeah, very, very similar. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, and then after his uh, training or whatever, we get a, we we get to see into Paul's dreams where he's having visions of Sting and Sean Young pop up in his head. And I mean, 1984, that that was the case for everybody, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, and then the Reverend Mother. Uh, shows up to talk to Lady Jessica, who's like the, the, the queen of treaties, we'll say. Uh, but, and uh, she is not happy because apparently uh, the Lady Jessica was supposed to have a, uh, a daughter, not a son, in Paul. And uh, this was to continue the, uh, the, the long line of space witches. Uh, yeah. I, uh, do, you, do you guys remember what the, the space witches are called, actually? The Bene Gesserit. Ah. Uh, yeah, M- M- Menic Jesuits or something. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, I've read all the books and uh, memorized every character and think about this world. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so she's really mad, but, um, you know, she's basically like, well, let's wake your son up then and uh, put him to the test. You know, that we would have put your daughter to like, no, he's not ready. And no man has ever passed these tests. And you're like, well, sucks to be him then. But of course, they're in the same room as Paul uh, talking to each other like telepathically. I think at this point, and you're like, "Oh no, I know he can hear us. Wake up, be ready in 15 minutes." <laughs> and then, and then the test is, uh, I guess, first the the Reverend Mother tries to use like her her hypno voice, which is use the voice. <laughs> babe, 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 could could you try doing the voice? I have a very sexy voice. <laughs> That's, like pretty that. That's exactly what she said too, right? <laughs> <laughs> I have a very sexy voice. You will listen to me. <laughs> what a wonderful singing voice you must have. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically, he's like, "Yeah, you're not going to mind control me." Uh, she's like, "Fine, put your hand in this box." Uh, why? What? What's in the box? Pain. What's in the box? What's in the box? I, I thought the same thing. What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, having uh, just done the box for uh, Mystery March. <laughs> we're like, oh no, there's going to be a button. It's going to be a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, so he uh, puts his hand in and uh, basically it's supposed to, uh, it starts with itching and then burning and it's supposed to be like the most intense pain ever. Meanwhile, she's also like, hey, if you pull your hand out of this box, I have a poison needle to your neck. So uh, don't you. flinch, please. <laughs> um, and then, like, what, while it's going on, like, you'll feel your hand itching and then burning and then seething down to the bone. 
And uh, you hear like inside Paul's head, he's like, fear is the mind killer. I must focus. I must not. Ah! <laughs> so the pain. And then it's like, okay, take your hand out of the box. Whew. That's more than anybody's ever withstood. Congratulations. You've passed. You know? <laughs> That's it's more, a than more dramatic than what I'm saying, but you guys get the idea, right? <laughs> yeah. It, but it was more than any woman has ever withstood. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they did say it like that. <laughs> right. No woman. You know, because women are weaker than men in this universe, apparently. But the the women are all the space witches. Like, yeah, no man's ever become a space witch before. Yeah, because huh? they could pass the test. But yeah, yeah. And then we get some stuff. Uh, some backstory about <laughs> my cat. Uh, the water of. Oh, that's right. She she starts talking about the the water of life on Arrakis or something, and there's a prophecy that a, a man will go down there and save save the planet and all the people. Okay, cool. I wonder if this could be Paul. We'll see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we then go to the planet. Oh, here we are of Giddy Prime, which is the home of the uh, the Harkonnens, the the evil people in this movie. Although. Eh. I mean, they're evil, but not everybody else has a swimming record either. Um, and this is where we see uh, Brad Dorff or uh, uh, P- Peter Peter DeFries or something like that. That's his name. Uh, but he's the advisor of the Harkonnen. And they, they start talking about the, the, the juice of Safu, which I assume is the like dark greenish black oil looking like liquid that they're all kind of suckling on. Is that, is that right? Um, I don't, I don't remember that, but I know whatever it is he's drinking is what stains the Mentat's, uh, lips. Like the Mentat's all just have red stained lips. Oh, oh, okay. And you're saying the Mentat's are the advisor guys. Okay. That's why. Yeah. Rat guy from Harry Potter. Okay. Okay. All right. Putting it all together, everybody. (laughs) I've only seen this movie like three or four times in my life. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, and then we're also introduced to uh, the, the princes of the Harkonnen Empire, uh, Fade and Rabin. Uh, Fade is played by Sting, and Rabin is the Beast, played by, I don't know, some big guy. <laughs> I haven't seen anything else. But uh, they get some... Uh, <laughs> I love how the Beast, like, I've written down uh, fresh squeezed juice because they have that contraption where they put the thing in there, and he, like, squeezes it and then just starts sucking the juice out of it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's awesome uh, <laughs> and Fresh then we meet the, the Baron Vladimir Hakonen um, who's just you know he, he's like getting like boils kind of drained or something yeah. on his face and just a, a very round man in like a like a hover suit mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's pretty awesome <laughs> not gonna lie but uh, we get the whole thing where he's like what? Uh, he who controls the spice controls the universe. I'll bring down the house of Atreides. I'll bring down the Duke and his whole fucking family. <laughs> Floating around and gets a nice little oil bath or something. And then immediately goes to like one of the, the I guess, the slave people. They have these right. <laughs> the heart valves. Mm-hmm. And Which I, all the Harkonnens have, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I guess all the yeah. all the subjects have, and basically, it's it's like a round little thing over the heart where you basically see like the muscles contracting and stuff over the heart. 
And, yeah. and so, uh, God, so he flies over, dripping with the oil, just having all of his lesions and stuff drained, and basically just finger fucks this guy's heart valve. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I seem to remember there's a version out there. We just watched one on Amazon Prime. But I remember there was a version we watched like uh, a couple years ago, and like it was a lot bloodier, where it was like spraying on the walls and everything. Yeah, we and, watched. Oh, that's the one yeah, we, we watched. watched. I didn't know that was a different one. Yeah. Oh, there, there, yeah. there's a bunch of different versions of huh. this movie apparently, but it's like uh, I, I don't know. I guess there's like a like an R-rated cut or something, or like a PG-13 cut, and it's a TV cut and internet. Yeah, but but yeah, this scene like you, you see him go up there and just start like fist in it basically or something and, there, and there's a little bit of blood and the guy's like screaming like ah what are you doing now ah Barrett and then it cuts but yeah there was a definitely a version I watched a couple years ago where it was like spring on the walls and mm-hmm. all over his face and stuff uh, yeah yeah fun stuff yeah that's the one we watched <laughs> <laughs> when we watch this scene when when you're first like introduced to the Harkonnens Something that has always really struck me as odd is there's almost like a sense of homoeroticism there because oh. the Baron, like when he sees Fade, who's played by Sting, when when Fade comes into the picture, he's like, oh, beautiful Fade. And he he just like can't get enough of him. He's so he's so stunning, you know, and and ripped you get to see him later in the movie like mostly naked and he's totally ripped but when the baron flies over to the servant and is as you say finger fucking his heart there's this weird sense of eroticism around it too and it really freaks me out (laughs) yeah it's a very like like, like they're very like hedonistic, like they're like like roman emperor like like very kind of feel to them but it's like a very like dirty gross like 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 covered in boils and stuff kind of caligula yeah yeah very very awkward feeling which let's face it david lynch is the master that's true that's true do it for van gogh baby that's right (laughs) oh god (laughs) i assume there's a deleted scene where uh the Baron Harkonnen just uh, puts a handful of cream corn in somebody's heart valve. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fun stuff. So anyway, then we go back to uh, Calderon or whatever to see the family of Atreides posing for pictures. And that's where we see uh, the Duke Leto with his uh, little pug dog in his hand. And just, <laughs> just the cutest little thing. Um... <laughs> Oh, that's right. There's like a like a quick little uh, mind bang, like just kind of a quick like dream thing where it's like pop 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 boop. Okay, and then we cut over to where uh, uh, the navigator or whatever is. Uh, I, I, okay, so what they're doing now is this: this is the family of Trades. They're they're traveling from their home planet to Arrakis to kind of take over and run things, and uh, they have basically. They use the spice melange to open up like a tesseract or like a, a wormhole or something to travel there where it's like almost instantaneous. Like they basically just go through it and like, boop, okay, now you're there as opposed to, you know, warp nine for the next three months kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's one of the weirdest things in the whole movie is when the navigator builds all this, right? I mean, he's, he's shooting out this light to build the planet Arrakis and they get there and 
I mean, that's that's one of the weirdest scenes, and some of the special effects are really weird. Like, like they must have used some some water with with dirt floating in it or something, and then stirred it. it yeah, it yeah, really yeah. It's almost like it, it kind of looks like I don't know, kind of like like sperm floating around in something. Yep. But it's uh-huh. I guess supposed to be the galaxy or I don't know. Okay, so 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 if I got this right, because I was trying to put this together. The navigator is the person who uses the spice to then op- like open the wormholes. Is that yeah. so how it the, works? The phrase is that the navigators can quote unquote fold space. So it's exactly what you're talking about. It's like a wormhole, but they're the ones that choose where to make the fold to join the two locations so that you can instantaneously travel from one to the other. So the navigators using the spice to fold space. Okay, because I was, because when I was kind of watching this, I'm like, wait, or is he like send, sending like blasts or whatever to kind of interfere with the travel? Or yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of a weird, weird situation. But but they spice travel across space and time, um, and then they show up in Arrakis. With, oh yeah, that's right. We run into uh, Duncan Idaho, who's a, uh, I, I guess another one of the, the like army guys who Paul knows from training or something. And he, but he's been kind of like, r- kind of running things for like the like, the past couple of weeks or so, like making sure everything's kind of ready. And he's uh, basically suggesting, hey, you know, we should actually like be begin friending uh, these Fremen people. Like they, it's their it's their planet. It would just lead to a lot less like uprising and stuff like that. Like let's uh, we might want to consider working with them when the time is right. Okay, cool, sweet, thanks, Duncan. Uh, and the, and they also like find all these different like sabotage devices around like I guess like I don't know if they're bombs or like uh, whatever because they're kind of just like weird looking contraptions like oh we found another one of these devices like all right well you know put the shields up uh, double security do another sweep that kind of stuff. So I'm pretty uh, sure the sabotage devices are preventing the shields from going up because once they find the last of the sabotage devices, the shields finally can raise. And so oh. I think it was the Harkonnens when they were leaving and they were all like pissed off, stupid fucking Atreides coming in and taking over our planet. We're going to fuck with them. And then they left all of these sabotage devices and like suicide bombers behind to yeah. mess with the Atreides when they got there. Okay, yeah, that okay, that makes sense. I, 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 just with the timing of the shields and stuff, I thought they just put it down so that uh, the Atreides could land, and then it's like, all right, cool, put the shields back up. But okay, yeah, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> um, oh, we're also also introduced to uh, uh, Doctor Kynes, played by Max von Sydow, um, who is, I think he said he'd been out there for like like fifteen years or something like that. Uh, but he was basically like working for the Arconans and kind of running the mining operation there. Um, but you know, he he seems to be, uh, you know, I, I I don't think he's he, he's not Fremen, right? Like he, no, he he's, he's a transplant right? that his eyes just started kind of glowing. Yeah. Well, yeah. he's he's one of the Emperor's employees, I guess. That's that's what they say in the movie. So he oh, he's working for the Emperor, and I guess. By that extension, was working for the Harkonnen, and it's now working for the for uh, Paul and and Leto. But no. but he got really buddy buddy with the Fremen, and he's basically a Fremen now, and he's been on Spice for so long that his eyes glow. But he's not originally Fremen. 
Yeah. Okay. And, he, and he's kind of skeptical of the Atreides coming in, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you know, through uh, through mind narration, uh, you can hear me like, oh, this this Duke That's doesn't seem that bad. Maybe I'll have to, uh, <laughs> you know, ease up on him a little bit. Um, and this is where we're introduced to the water recycling suits. Yeah. <laughs> now. I'm not going to lie. If we can make these suits, let's make these suits. They're, they're like astronaut suits, but for everyday use. And it's like, yeah, just go ahead and pee and poop in it. It'll uh, be yeah. filtered out. And then you uh, just suck the water through this little thing by your neck. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's like a giant camel back. <laughs> I don't know. Fresh water sounds better to me than recycled like that. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. I it, guess if it saves your life, sure. But. <laughs> well, you know, occasionally you, I'm sure there's like a thing where you can put like a, I don't know, little some electrolytes and make it like a Gatorade or something. You know, change up the flavors a little bit. Sure. Some sugar. <laughs> <laughs> make it a Coke or something. Yeah. Flavor so pack. Mountain Dew. <laughs> Mountain Dew. That's right for Steve. <laughs> Mountain Dew worm wire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh so then we uh we got our first uh th- there's been a worm sighting and so they're like oh yeah cool let's go check it out so they hop in the little ship and fly out there and like oh yeah that's a that's a that's a little baby one that's only like 150 meters we've seen them like 500 meters long it's like damn that's massive <laughs> yeah that's what she said <laughs> um Oh yeah, um, and it's also around this time uh, we cut back to like the the base camp or whatever, and we see uh, <laughs> Doctor Dean Stockwell. Shoot, I forgot <laughs> his name, but um, he's like checking the uh, the corpses of some of the the like suicide bombers or like guys they found with the sabotage devices, and uh, he finds that there's a message inside one of them. <gasps> this must be from the Baron. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> okay, if if there's a flaw in this movie, and there is. Um, it's extremely <laughs> rushed and everything has to be narrated. Like, like you can read all of their minds because they haven't been able to let the world grow and know like the backstory of all the characters and stuff like that. And, but I think, I think, I mean, considering how much they have to shove into this two hour movie, I think that part is, is not the worst. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, they, yes, they did pretty well in, with these inner voices to explain the story. Because there's just too much to the story to really fit into one movie. Yeah, uh, yeah but yeah, it, at times it can be a little, a little like, wait, what? Why? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you think, why do you, don't you just say that out loud instead of you know having these two inner voices talk, talk over the movie? <laughs> yeah, it's like, so wait, does everybody have The Shining too? Is that part of this universe? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're space witches, so maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, the the Duke and Paul and uh, Doctor Kynes, uh, they're and I think Gurney's there too. They're Gurney's all out of the ship. Though. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, they get a distress call dog. from some miners. I think they brought a dog too. Oh, they brought a dog too. Nice. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just, just want to get out, see the country. Yeah, right. <laughs> take it for a drive. <laughs> uh, but yeah, they're they're flying out. They get a distress call, and of course. As is uh, Patrick Stewart's fashion, they're the only ones in the sector, so they have to go check it out. <laughs> uh, sorry, we've been re-watching Next Gen, and it's been fantastic. Yep. Oh, it's amazing. 
but uh, there's uh, some miners with the the worm heading their way. Um, it and I and I, I I I guess is it all of their they they didn't get back to the mining vessel in time or it wouldn't start or I, no there there's a carry all that's supposed to pick them up but they suspect that the Harkonnen shot down the carry all the carry all is supposed to pick up the whole harvester machine. Oh, okay. But with their little little ornithopter or ornithopter or whatever they're called, they're not able to pick up the machine. They're just able to pick up the people. So, But they want to save the people. You know, damn the spies, doesn't matter. The people are more important, and that's what impresses basically on the, on the Dr. Keens. The people are more important, and that's he likes that. So he likes the, the Duke all of a sudden. Like, this, this Duke's all right. Yeah. He is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but then the the worm shows up and basically just swallows this giant mining device thing. Just you know, done. Oh, that's right. We get the scene where uh, they they get back to base camp and uh, Paul tries spice for the first time. Woo! Yeah. Well, he was already sort of feeling the effects just from being on the planet. Yeah, I guess yeah. it's like in he the air or something, it. and he's like, "Can you feel it? It's like it's like tingling. It's." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and they get he starts getting the dream and stuff where it's like the the sleeper must awaken, and he's just kind of tripping balls in his room when all of a sudden in comes Pinsassin. Ah! Uh, so, so it's like this floating syringe device. Uh, it's kind of I guess it's being uh, controlled by remote control or something in somewhere in the castle, but they're right. like or the palace, whatever it's called. But he has to remain absolutely still. He can't see me in the dark. It's like Jurassic Park, right? Yeah, exactly. His vision is based on movement. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't want to be fed. It wants to hunt. <laughs> no, I, I know creatures. They also want to be fed. That's true. <laughs> but you but know, then... if, Paul's, if Paul stands perfectly still, it won't be able to find him. Just like dinosaurs, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so he's waiting for it to, like, I don't know, get close so he can, like, snag it or something. But then the door opens. And it goes right through whoever's at the door. And so, But he snags it and slams ah, it into the, ah, the wall. And, and, of course, he just saves uh, the, the housekeeper, Lady Mapes, played by Linda Hunt. And she's like, you have saved me. You're a good man. <laughs> I don't know, something like that. But there is a traitor in your midst. You must be vigilant. <laughs> Yeah, but basically when she, that's right, she talks about the traitor, and then uh, Paul like goes to the Duke and everything, tells them, and they're all like, all right, uh, let's uh, lock down the city, lock down the palace, let's uh, let's get let's get things in order, you know? <laughs> that's right. And then, and then, like, the Duke's, like, walking around, and he's, like, listing off his regrets, like, oh, man, I, I wish I'd have done this. I wish I would have married you, Lady Jessica, and gave you that daughter that you wanted, and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm like, oh... Oh, he he's not long for this world, is he? Right. <laughs> also, would he be walking around all by himself like that? I I don't know. <laughs> yeah, just, just walking like, around like like the back alleys of the palace or whatever, right. like, I mean, without any guards, while they know that there's saboteurs everywhere, and it's like okay, yeah. <laughs> his son was just attacked by this by the syringe, and he's yeah. just walking around all by himself. Yeah, it's. It's the equivalent of, oh my god, there's a serial killer on the loose. Yeah, I don't need to lock exactly. the door. Maybe I should go upstairs and take a shower. Yeah, it's yeah. that kind of a situation. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but he stumbles upon the corpse of uh, 
the housekeeper, Lady Mapes. Oh, no. And then, oh, what's that over there? <gasps> oh, shit, I'm darted. Ah, fuck. <laughs> um, and he finds out he's been betrayed by the doctor. Oh, no, Dr. Dean Stockwell, what are you doing here? He's like, nope, you were going to die the whole time. But here, I'm, so, I'm sorry to sorry to betray you, but hey, check out this plan I've got. Okay, so I'm going to give you this tooth. You're going to bite down yeah. on it. It's a poison tooth. So when you bite yeah. down on it, it's going to be poison gas, and you're going to blow it in the Baron's face, because fuck that guy, because he killed my wife. And <laughs> This is a really convoluted plan. <laughs> it kind of is, but you know, the Baron's under 24-7 security on a different planet, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but Steve, this would be like... Like, if you wanted to murder the CEO of your company, and what? so... Why would I want to do such a thing? do that, you would half-murder the general manager because they're going to take him they're to gonna the CEO? They're going to gloat over their corpse? So I he can gloat over his saying. corpse? <laughs> well, plus, a little later in the movie, the Doctor himself is very close to the Baron. So he could have yeah. done this whole thing by himself. Like... Yeah. And, and I no, assume he's, he's been the, close to him a couple of times before, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, so remember the tooth. The tooth. The tooth. <laughs> With a close-up of his mouth, right? <laughs> yeah. Forever. Yeah, that kind of... <laughs> so, yeah, so, so the Duke's been darted, and he's, like, going down... And then, uh-oh, the shields are going down. Oh, shit, we're being attacked. All these spaceships and armies and stuff are coming in and attacking the palace. Oh, no. And then I have the, the line written down that I think, like, Lady Jessica says or something. Like, how simple they subdue us. And it was like, that's awfully Shakespearean coming out of nowhere, but okay. <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, so the so the Baron uh, gets a hold of Lady Jessica and uh, and and Paul too, and uh, basically like they're tied up. Alter and the Baron like spits on Jessica. <laughs> it's, uh, just just a little spitter for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's kind of gross. Thanks, 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 Baron. Uh, oh yeah, and Duncan is killed uh, through his uh, his shield because I guess the bullet was like it was like a drill bullet, like was self propelled or something, and it got through the shield and. Punk right in the forehead. Mm-hmm. Like, no, Duncan, no. So the Baron's plan is like, all right, take a uh, take the Atre- uh the, the remaining Atreides here, and uh, just dump them in the desert. Let the let the worms eat them. Cover up our tracks. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Which, if you're gonna dump them in the desert and let the worms eat them, why not just pop two in their skull on the way out? Right. right? Well, it's a little like James Bond, right? These weird yeah. contraptions to kill somebody and then walk away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take my laser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, Dean Stockwell. Yeah, he, like the he talks to the Baron is like, "All right, I've I've done my part. Now where's my reward? Would you like to join your wife? Is she alive?" Would you like to join your wife? I'm like the wishmaster. You really have to specifically say you want to join your wife. <laughs> sure, whatever. Ah, stabbed. Ah. You think you've killed me? I will have my vengeance. Ah. Avenge me, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, Doctor Doctor Dean Stockwell's dead now. Uh, Jessica and Paul are being flown out to the desert, uh, but the Baron he has. Uh, I, I don't know, the, the body of the Duke there. And he's just talking shit like, well, I'm, I'm going to take over here. You're going to die. 
and the Harkonnen line will reign forever, blah, blah, blah. Wait, where's your ring? Where's that damn ring at? I hmm. needed the ring! Maybe maybe the other Atreides have the ring. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, still, I'm going to wrench it. I'm going to kill them, and I'm probably going to have to check out, probably look out for worm poop or something to see if that ring shows up. But, oh well, whatever. What's done is done. I'm not so sure why the ring is so important anyway. Yeah, I, I was like, well, it, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm sure it's a, 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 like a, a symbol of something. Like kind of thing. The souvenir <laughs> of the kill. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he's, he's got like a whole box of them. <laughs> <laughs> of all the other dukes. Yeah, all the other royal families he's eliminated. <laughs> it's like, oh, I remember this one. I was but a young lad. <laughs> this is also the time... When the Duke bites in on the tooth and breathes out the poison. <laughs> but instead of getting the Baron, he gets... Peter. Yep. Yeah, the, he, he gets Brad Dorf. Brad Dorf goes down. <laughs> he gets Worm Tongue. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Worm Tongue, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, unfortunately, uh, uh, Duke Leto is dead now. And, of course, uh, you know, the, the Je- Jessica and Paul can feel it. And uh, oh yeah, that's right. This is about the time they uh, they they use their their mind control powers or you know their their voice mind control powers to take over the the pilot guys. But uh, they end up having to crash in the middle of the desert. Which I don't know. Did you notice how how nice the haircut of the Harkonnen is? That inverted mohawk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one of them had even a tattoo at the top. I don't know if that that was intended to be like that. I don't know. Was it a tattoo or was it another plug? Oh, that could be too. I don't know. Like, did they shave it so they can plug stuff in? Yeah, right into the pleasure centers. Mm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> all the all the Harkonnen, I think, have the red hair yeah, red and hair, yeah. the inverted mohawk. I think every one of them does, except maybe Fade and Raban and the Baron, I guess. All the soldier people. Yeah, maybe that's how they, uh, how you know they're the royal family and the, the like other sectors and soldiers. Maybe the ones with just the Mohawks are, uh, I don't know, engineering or something. Or <laughs> the, the red suits of Star Trek. Yeah, right? the red suits of Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> And then there's the one person with the deep V-neck, like Deanna Troy. I guess they're the <laughs> HR person. Maybe it's like a widow's peak in their their hair culture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm not gonna lie. I'm really loving this next gen rewatch we've been doing. <laughs> oh my god, I feel like I I missed out on so much not watching it sooner. <laughs> All right, uh, where were we? Oh yeah, so so they've. Uh, Jessica and Paul, they've crashed crashed the ship, and they're in the like the subpolar region. So it's like, oh no, we're in the the Fenin territory. Oh, sh- and there's also worms everywhere, and they're attracted to vibrations, like you know, crashing spaceships. Uh, so, uh, and Paul also realizes like he has the the Trades ring. I guess it was like on his uh, his backpack or something. They were getting off the ship. I think Maybe it was, it was all the, the doctor that prepared them. Like, he yeah, it was wanted all the for them to escape. So the doctor wanted for them to escape, so he prepared the ship with the the, the the suits and with the ring and all that stuff and the backpacks they needed and, and everything. Yeah, he car- oh, remember right. he carved that's his right. little symbol into the everything? That's right. Okay. Yeah. 
And it's the thing where where Paul's like, I have the ring, and I know I know my dad just died, but I have no feelings towards it. I really right. Like, oh, okay. Thanks. That's a uh, that's good to know. <laughs> and then this is where I, I've written down the first of many rip wipes. Like the <laughs> you, if you think Star Wars had a lot of weird wipes, the, the one they like to use on this one is like uh, like the film almost ripped in half or like <laughs> ripped from the inside out and goes on to the next scene. <laughs> and did they only start that at this time? Because that's when I started noticing it too. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this was like the first one, and then like. By, by the end of the movie, with every it's scene. like every scene. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they didn't even know about that beforehand. Or may, I don't know what how it happened. No idea. But... <laughs> I just see uh, David Lynch in editing going, "That's a really cool effect. Let's do that like eight more times." Right, <laughs> starting now in the middle of the movie. <laughs> what do you have for in the way of star wipes? I want something going around like a seashell. Can you do that? <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's see what happens from here. Oh, yeah, so uh, they get to Paul and Jessica, like, get out of the ship, and they get to, like, the nearest rock they can find. They start having a conversation where Paul's just like, they will call me Moadib, and I know that you uh, have my sister in your womb. And <laughs> the mom's like, wait, what? Damn it, he's too strong. He knows it all now. The spice is really affecting him. And then this is where, Father, I promise I will avenge you. <laughs> and this is where I'm like, and this is the end of the first movie. <laughs> <laughs> Calling it now, this is where the end of Dune 2020 is going to be. And, oh, uh, yeah, sounds right. Like, like that, that, That's like the perfect spot, right? <laughs> yep. Then they can spend a little more time on, on, on the rebel uprising. Because yeah. that's, I think, one of the more exciting parts of this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna get to that. We'll, we'll get there. It's like two years past. But wait, what? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why don't you put more time into that? <laughs> yeah. All right. So then, uh, then they decide All right, we need to get to that that bigger rock over there. Um, otherwise, you know, we're gonna die like immediately. So they use this uh, thumper th- machine to like distract the worm. And they also, but they also have to like walk without rhythm to avoid to avoid the worm. And I'm like, that's why they can't dance. I got you. <laughs> no dancing in Atreus or in Erechus. That's right. I thought it's because they're yeah. white. They have no rhythm. That's right. <laughs> it's our advantage. <laughs> yeah. So so they make it to the next mountain, and that's where Paul's like, oh my god, I can like smell the spice. Why? Why can I smell it so prevalently? There must be some sort of connection between these giant worms and the spice that they are constantly going through. I mean, <laughs> even as a kid, I'm like, well, maybe the worms are making the spice. Right. Spoil it, Steve. Worm poop. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. But the worm, like, it kind of gets to him at the bigger, uh, the bigger rock, and like starts trying to like break through and get to him, but then. There's another thumper. And uh, they're like, wait, that means there's people around. And they're almost instantly surrounded by the Fenon people. (laughs) And they're like, oh, hello there. Because they're so sneaky. Yeah, right? (laughs) Like ninjas. Yeah, so they're like, yeah, you can can join our tribe. I mean, your mom looks ripe enough. 
<laughs> it wasn't quite that, but, but I was like, yeah, yeah, you can join us. They, you, you seem strong. Uh, but then they're like, nope, I don't think so. And they start fighting back a little bit. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's right. Uh, yeah. Jessica like holds like the knife to. Yeah. Yeah. She like slips him around and she's got a little finger poison needle, right? Oh, that's what it is. That's right. Yeah. And he's like, well, you're a better fighter than I am. Yeah. Would you like to join us and teach us to fight? <laughs> yeah. He has the wielding way. <laughs> and this is also where uh, Paul finally meets his dream girl, Chani. The girl he's met in his dreams since he was a child, you know, three years earlier. I don't <laughs> See, and this is where, like, if they had more time to breathe in the story, like, maybe we could have seen, like, or at least had a conversation about, like, I had that dream again about the girl in the cave. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. But it's, uh, we don't we don't get a whole lot about that. They're just basically, like, instantly in love. Um, right. And then uh, Paul's brought back to the, the group and Jessica's there. And they're all like, all right, well, Paul, you should be called Uso. And I'm like, you mean like brother and Samoan? I've seen Hobbs and Shaw. I know what that means. <laughs> and, and he's like, nope, you can call me Paul Moadip. And they're like. Oh, no, he asks, what do you oh, call the shadow, yeah. the mouth-shaped shadow on the moon? That's or right. The second moon or whatever. Oh, we call that Moadip. Ah, I'm Moadip then. All right then, Paul Moadip, you shall be. <laughs> well, the one is his secret name, and the other one is the public name. That's oh no, it's like cats right. all over again. Oh god, it's his. I haven't name. seen that yet. No. Isn't good. <laughs> what? What is this horror? Cats, you hacks. <laughs> uh, oh, but this is also where we're introduced to. Uh, the water of life and uh and also i guess they have millions of decaliters of water at thousands of different locations on the planet and then it's like okay well um so you guys just waiting for the right time to strike then because guess what i'm here guys <laughs> hey <laughs> we then uh cut cut over to the okay so the cut here i don't know where the baron is at but it seems to be like an Oompa Loompa factory. Well, isn't he still on Gaby Prime? Isn't he still at home? Oh, so he's so he's back on the uh, yeah Gator Prime. Okay, well, I saw there was a lot of like little people walking around and being tossed over by like the the rest of the family, and it's like, where where is this? Is this? <laughs> or, I don't know. Is it is this where Keebler crackers are made? I I, I don't know. Well, there's a, the cow hanging from the ceiling being slaughtered. I, that was kind of weird. Oh, yes. Oh God, that's right. Yeah. And then they rip the, he rips the tongue out just to snack on. <laughs> that's right. Ke- Keebler's moving into jerky now, guys. the bigger nephew. He sent yeah, him the to be the governor of Arrakis and start to take things away from the Atreides. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you just got to work him and work him. Get all the spice you can. Fuck him. You know? <laughs> oh, this is where we, of course, see uh, Fade Rautha coming out in all of his brilliance, just mm-hmm. in his, like, little space underwear, and it's staying mm-hmm. all glistened and buttered up. And, yeah. <laughs> I'll admit, I enjoyed looking at that. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's very much like, uh, if you guys haven't seen this movie, but you've seen The Fly, it's like when Jeff Goldblum comes out. Yeah, really. 
it's like, oh, dang, he's been working out. Good for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, we and then we uh, cut back to uh, the, the Fennin people. Uh, Lady Jessica drinks the water of life, and this basically leads to the premature birth of her daughter, Alia, uh, who also has all the knowledge of the previous Reverend Mother passed on to her as she instantly dies, and it's like, whoa. Okay, space witches, I guess. That's <laughs> she. Yeah. <laughs> it's super creepy. She looks like she's about four years old, but she talks like she's an adult and knows everything there is to know about the universe. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's supposed to be like two years old, right? Because basically, we have like a, a two years montage coming up shortly. But, but she grows yeah. at a phenomenal rate. But by phenomenal, like like double, so she's supposed to be like four years old. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if this is like Twilight, where what's the kid's name? Renesmee. I don't you know. Are Bella's the wrong daughter. People. Uh, Edward. Oh, okay. Exactly. All right. The only Twilight fan here. Edward or Jacob. Uh. <laughs> or Bella. Well, if you asked me like ten years ago, I would tell you a different thing. <laughs> I think Robert Pattinson was a terrible actor back then. I think he's a bit better now. Some of the stuff he's been in recently, he's a lot better. But back then, he was just a pretty face, a terrible actor. So I was totally Team Jacob. But anyway, moving on, back to Dune. <laughs> All right, where were we? Uh, yeah, so then, uh, oh, that's right. Uh, Baron gives uh, Tuffer uh, his heart plug. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, that, that, that's going to end well. Um, maybe you guys can explain this to me. Then he also brings in this weird, like, cat antidote box thing. Meow. <laughs> Where he's basically so, like so they, they poisoned Tiffer and told him basically because because Peter was killed, so now he's their new mentor. And so he doesn't escape. He's got this antidote in in the cat, and they have to milk this cat every day to give him the antidote, anti poison. <laughs> Yeah. And so okay. I, I don't know if that was in the book, but it was kind of kind of creepy. I mean, the the cat hanging there in this contraption with the rat right next to it was kind of weird. Yeah. Was it the rat all bound up in there? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It was right next the to cat it. Was not having it. <laughs> what exactly do they mean by milking this cat? What kind of milking are they talking about? I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and assume the. You know, traditional marriage. No, um, <laughs> the, I you would know, say, they want the milk. Let's not make this any weirder. <laughs> yeah. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? But this is a weird system. Instead of just having antidote in a, in a, in a bottle or something, they'd have to have it in this cat. It's like, okay, it's weird. <laughs> well, the cat keeps it warm. So. Wait, so we're going to get a right. catidote? Uh, cat <laughs> Right. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, so Paul and Chani uh, are in love. Okay, moving on. Uh, yeah, right. That was just like five <laughs> seconds of kissing, and that was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, but then there's like the plan where okay, so Paul's gonna train like a hundred people, and they're gonna train a hundred people, and so on and so on, uh, to get all the people ready for the rebellion. Uh, their plan is, uh, in the meantime, they're going to stop the flow of spice, um, and uh, that's going to, you know, make the Harkonnens look like fools, and the president's going to step, or the uh, president, emperor's going to step in and just start, you know, 
<laughs> like like taken over and then then we do the big uprising and uh we get a scene where they test the little uh, sound blaster or whatever on like their hardest mineral like there's a whole big obelisk that no one can like i don't know cut or break or anything and uh paul just goes Pyah! and is able to like shatter it and basically this is where i've written down so the wielding way that's croft maga right <laughs> Like it was basically just the, the the fighting, and it was like the equivalent of like the the Israeli army. I, I don't know. So Steve, you you'll probably appreciate this. It's actually called the Weirding Way. W i e r d i n g Weirding Way, oh. and it's a weirding module that he wears on his neck, and it it's it's odd to me that they would use a word like weirding, but I thought it was cool. The Weirding Way. Oh, and, and and I thought that's what they said like half of the time, <laughs> but then it's like no, it's like wielding way, like wielding a sword, right? That that's got to be it. I'm I, I should have had the subtitles on the whole time. <laughs> oh, but uh, but Paul realizes that uh, to to really lead the people, he must first conquer Shihalud. Babe, who's Shihalud? Shai-halud. 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 he's the worm! And if I were looking for art of uh, Shai-halud <laughs> and uh, various other worms in movies, where would I be able to find that? Oh, I made a field guide to movie worms. You can find that over at Untidy Venus. It's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping.etsy.com. Excellent. <laughs> Are there more worms in other movies? Yeah, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, like, on there, I've I'm... got, of course, the sandworm from Beetlejuice. I have oh, the North American Graboids from Tremors and the African Graboids from Tremors. Uh, Jeff from Men in Black 2. and uh, um, Empire Strikes Back. And Exegorth from Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. Nice. That's right. <laughs> now that you mention that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not even all of the worms. I just picked out, like, the best worms. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so Paul... Uh, basically calls forth the, the 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 most giant of all the worms on this planet and uh basically straps on a, a harness on him and starts riding him yeah <laughs> and uh and then others start joining in and then this is where the the fucking uh music swells up and you get to the toto riff <laughs> <laughs> Got a cat jumping up here, so I'm gonna hold the cord out of the way. <laughs> Little Cameron came to join. Uh, She's gonna go lick Steve's armpit now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Sit down on my lap or get out of the way. So, so during this scene, when Paul is like, he goes and he sets the thumper, and he's waiting for worm sign. And at one point he says, you know, do we have any worm sign? Like, did he call a big worm? And they were like, yeah, he called the biggest one ever or something. And it was it was really funny. I can't remember yeah. exactly exactly what the phrase was, but it was like he got a big one. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then we get a basically a quick little thing like, all right, there, there's a rebellion uprising over the last two years. The uh, oh my gosh, uh, the beast Raban has been hiding it from his uncle the Baron. 
but uh, Aaliyah's growing up too. Um, oh, by the way, I run, ran into Gurney during an insurgence, and uh, of course we got Patrick Stewart coming back. Like they they told me you had died. Oh God, they told me you had died. I'm so happy to see you. Hey guys, um, I don't know what happened here, but it seemed as soon as Patrick Stewart came back into the movie, uh, we started getting some weird echoes and stuff. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. The uh, audio of the rest of this episode may be a little wonky. My apologies. And all of a sudden he has long hair. Yeah, the fucking uh, Patrick Stewart with basically with a like bald mullet. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, back uh, of the Emperor's Palace, palace. Uh, the, uh, the, the navigator, navigator shows up shows again, up again with, his people, with his people, or, or, or just a translator, or whatever. Basically, give him one chance to make things right on Arrakis, and then we get some more wipes. Yeah, so the Emperor gives him one chance to Arrakis, do a whole genocide of people. Uh, but Paul's uh, like, hey, like, hey got to drink that water of life. That'll help me That'll level up the level Super Saiyan. And then I can make a big final push on the Emperor shows up. So, <laughs> so they tie him so up in the middle of the desert, call forth the worm, give him some spice. All the worms show up. He drinks the water of life. I guess the worms join the army at that point. Yeah, they listen to him now. He's yeah, the boss. Yeah. He can command the worms. He's the head worm. <laughs> <laughs> I am the worm. <laughs> um, I had a, I had a, like all the like, space which start, start getting nodes and, and, and stuff when, when this all goes, goes down. down and, and, cancer, space cancer, space cancer. And his father, the sleeper, has awakened. Oh yeah, yeah. Long live the Titans! We get the total riff again. Oh boy! Oh boy! All right. <laughs> but uh, the, the Emperor has arrived, um, and the Rebel army of the, the Fennin or whatever is settling up on the world, going into battle. Uh, the Baron goes to see the Emperor. And the Emperor has a surprise for him. Babe, what's the Emperor's present for the, for the Baron for the after, after, after his fucking... It's a puppy! It's a puppy. Is it? Is it? <laughs> <laughs> what does it say? Is it? Uh, it's the uh, Beast Rabbin's head, head on a pike. Oh, I never know. I fucking missed the pike for somehow. I guess it really wasn't a pike. It was just kind of... On the floor. On the floor. On the floor. There it is. The serving platter. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and the bird's like, oh, like, I haven't oh, even said weight on that. That looks familiar. familiar. <laughs> uh, but then, uh, but then uh, young Malia shows, shows up and has a and message, has a message from OID. And then the and the, the, the Reverend Mother lady, lady, she comes up like, get this abomination out of here! Kill her. And she's like, you were listening to my brother. <laughs> Sorry, this whole Sorry, scene this whole is... Scene is I, I think I'm just going to go through it here. Poor Emperor. I'm afraid my brother won't be very pleased with you. Silence! Kill this child, she's an abomination. Kill her. Get out of my mind! Not until you tell them both who I really am. Alia, daughter of Duke Leto the Just.
and the royal Lady Jessica, sister of Paul Muad'Dib. Paul's sister. Paul is Muad'Dib. <gasps> So then, uh, yeah, so then a storm rolls in, and all the worms are basically right again with the storm, all the soldiers on the back, and sound blasters on everybody, blowing up ships, just all kinds of shit going in. And they blow up the rock rocks protecting the palace, and the worms can come in. And they used atomics for that, which I don't know where they got those, but... Yeah, I guess Gurney saved them somehow. If you eat spice, which you can do for space travel and getting high, you're gonna shut it off and fall. Dropping loads and hoping you'll be but radiation apparently is still a thing because they all like donned their radiation suits right before he blew up the atomics to break down the wall. Do you, do you remember seeing them pull on their like hoods and padded outfits? Oh, oh yeah. 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 And as the emperor jumps on like some sort of parasol, right? Because that makes it easier to shoot when you're turning. Yeah, the whole time. yeah, just yeah, turning just in a slow, slow circle, circle, like. The bears just look at her like, "Why are you talking like that?" Like that? Like that? But then, uh, <laughs> but then the bear is like, "All right, fuck this." And then Aaliyah like stands up and. And like, or and like, like pulls like his like nipple rings, rings or something, or something, something that I guess that controls, I guess controls his bleeding suit. She she rips his rip nipple ring slash I guess ballast out. Oh, okay. Because then he's like, I can't go. And like flies out of the palace and gets eaten by a damn worm. And then she's like standing there with a knife in her hand, just like. That was a weird scene too, like because <laughs> yeah, she yeah, didn't use the knife, but she just has it. Yeah, I, I remember that specifically too. Like that's where like, that's like it would show like, her just like basically a slow down like still frame almost, and that's where the commercial cut would be. Oh, I see. I don't know why I remember that specifically, but it was always like like oh that's kind of weird that it's like. And it's like a commercial for person. Yeah, so they hold some council where, like, after the battle, everybody's meeting, and Paul's basically like, all right, the people of Arrakis will now run this cottage, you guys are free to leave. And then the Reverend starts yelling something, he's like, silence, witch! <laughs> I'm talking. I'm talking. <laughs> but then, uh, then uh, uh, basically, basically he, like walks like, up. Walks and, up and, or, or no, that's or right. No, that's uh, right. Like, there's a hot there's a on, on, on you. And Faith's like, that's me. Somebody give him a blade. Give Faith a blade. 
And like, uh, like uh, I, don't I don't know. That's probably not the best idea. He's really good. He's got like. Is a that also the first time that Sting talks in this movie? Hey, give me a paper sword, which is really tiny. So then there's a knife fight. And the whole time, Trace is yelling, "I win!" It reminded me a little bit of, um, geez, I can't remember the character's name, but the Game of Thrones, where um, the mountain ends up killing the... Oh, yeah, the Prince yeah, Oberon. Yeah, Prince Oberon. And, yeah. and Oberon's, like, all dancing around. I got this. You know, I'm I'm going to kill him. Everything's awesome. And then all of a sudden, he gets, like, totally overpowered. All it takes is one hit from the mountain, basically, and he's like, well, I'm fucked up now. Oh, no. <laughs> Avenge me! Avenge me. <laughs> uh, basically, Faze got him like, a pretty precarious position with voice and blades and stuff, and he's like, I spent like a reed. And then it's like, whoa, stab. Stab. <laughs> and Fade's dead. Fade's dead. Oh, shit. Oh, surprisingly. Right. But, but, but Paul knows Paul the knows number the one number rule one of knife fights. Knife fights. <laughs> Double tap. Double tap. <laughs> so we yelled so at him. Ah! He basically like, splits, his splits his corpse and the ground, and the ground under, under him. him. <laughs> <laughs> Which we know yeah. all about now in Utah, right? Well, exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Ah! Ah! But it's, it's right then, right in that scene, where they figure out that Paul has such command of his voice now that he no longer needs the weirding module. He can just use his voice as a weapon. And they're like, holy shit, this dude is the Messiah. He's the hand of God. He has led the people to true freedom. He is the white savior we've all been waiting for. Mm-hmm. And then it and starts, then it starts to, rain, to rain, and I'm like, Jesus, and you control the weather, dude? And then... And they've never and then, seen uh, a cloud before, and all of a sudden it's raining. Well, how scary must that be? Oh, God. I'm like, I'm like all, the, all their cities are flooded. All their underground rock cities. How will the worms work to this? Will the spice still flow? Can they swim through mud? This part about the rain coming down, I don't think that was in the books at all. This was just, you know, a nice extra for the movie. Oh, okay. Because the way the the planet transforms is they're using the water that they collected from from the air, like you've seen that cistern they had. But there was really, I don't think there was any rain in the movie, in the in the book, I mean. Uh, yeah, that, that kind of makes that sense because then it's like, it's like I don't remember I don't it being remember in like the like, uh, uh, or anything like that later. Like 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 yeah, and then okay, like he says, he is the quiz on cataract. What is that? What is that? Well, that's the the prophecy. That's the one that they were trying to breed. That's because Jessica was supposed to have a daughter, and then the daughter and and one of the Harkonnen son, sons would have made the Kwisatz Haragach. Oh, okay. Yeah, they were supposed right, to right. marry a, a daughter of the Atreides family to an heir of the Harkonnen family and stop the feud between the two houses. And then that that couple was supposed to breed the Kwisatz Haderach. But it turns out that Paul is the Kwisatz Haderach. 
Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, wasn't yeah, that the whole thing whole between, thing like, between Lady, like Jessica Lady Jessica and... and I, I think I, it was the, the Brad Dorff Bjork guy. guy. Like, you were supposed, you were supposed to be controlled by me, and, and you were supposed to bring a line to all this. All but, this. but, but no, no, you had to go with Duke Lido. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. So, so if so the combination of the treaties and the guys were supposed to make the... The king had it. Yeah. Uh, does that mean Jessica, Jessica cheated on her husband? No, she chose to have. She was instructed by the Reverend Mother that she was only supposed to bear a female, so that they could marry between the two houses. Um, and she loved Duke Leto enough that she said, "Screw you, Reverend Mother! I'm going to give him a son." And the Bene Gesserit. Apparently, when they get knocked up, they can choose the sex of their child. Yeah, and so okay, she okay, chose okay. to have a son for Duke Leto, and um, I think his sister Alia. I think she also chose to have a, a girl at that point. Oh, ah, okay. okay. Yeah, keep the keep the line of keep space which is going. going. All right. Yeah, but, and uh, and the Reverend Mother was super pissed off at Jessica, and she was like, "You bitch, you you disobeyed me. You were supposed to have a chick. You're supposed to have a daughter, and you didn't. So I hate you now." Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm, my body, my, my choice. Body, my choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so Paul's the quiz at Hederak. Roll credit, credit, ladies yep. and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Even Lynch's do. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, Ruben uh, and Erica, would you recommend recommend? Yes. <laughs> only, only. I mean, the biggest reason I think is to to prepare yourself for the new upcoming 2020 version of it. Yeah. Oh, uh, so right, let, 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 let's talk let's about talk it now, about guys. It now, guys. All right. All right. <laughs> you guys know you who, guys the, know cast who is, the cast is, isn't it? Right? In yeah, part. yeah. I mean, we've seen we've seen just just before we got on the call, we watched. A, I guess you couldn't really call it a trailer, but like a collection of of still photos, and I've read through some of the cast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you got like yeah, Timothy, so got, like, Timothy Chalamet, Paul. Uh, I think Oscar, uh, Isaac, Oscar Isaac's, you know, Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson's, Ferguson's like Jessica, Jessica uh, uh, Josh, Josh Brolin and Bernie, and Bernie. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, Jason Momoa's Dunk in Idaho for like a minute, yeah. I assume. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> well, I hope he lasts a little longer in this new version. I mean, yeah. well, well, okay, so <laughs> Idaho wasn't in this very long. I'm curious, curious who's going to play Fade, right? Yeah. Well, since it's been split into the two movies, Fade is isn't on the cast list on IMDb, so I'm like, oh shit, that's that's probably going to be like the the post-credit spoiler, like, wait till they get a load of me, maybe, yeah, I'm guessing right now, throw this out there, Ryan Reynolds is going to be played Ralphie, any other ideas out there? Well, we yesterday watched Yurovsky's Dune again, and and his cast list was, as you know, even crazier. Yeah. And yeah, Jagger, he was going to have Mick Jagger as Fade, yeah, so that would have been fun. So maybe maybe they pick that up again and have Mick Jagger be Fade in this. He's, oh, he's only eighty years old, right? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. He's uh, fit enough, like though. He's still uh, doing concerts. Who who the who the, the hot the young hot singer young is singer now with the the killer bod that would. You know, be like, yeah, like maybe singing. maybe it has to be a singer. Maybe that's just one of the prerequisites for this whole thing. So what yeah. what singer would be 
Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber, all right. At least no. It'll probably be one of the kids from, like, One Direction or something. (laughs) Oh, shit, it's going to be Zac Efron. Oh, oh, maybe. (laughs) But he's got to be able to pull off the red hair, though. Maybe it's going to be... um... It'll be computer-generated red hair. (laughs) They'll just shave him bald and put some red hair on after. They'll they'll CGI (laughs) it on. Exactly. Oh, maybe it's that kid who plays Ian in um, Shameless, the redheaded kid. Do you know oh, which one I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah on, uh, the, 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 we are the Millers, are the Millers or, whatever. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe him. He's he's a redhead. He's a ginger. We'll see. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, I guess I guess we'll we'll know in three or four, three or four years when the sequel comes out too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break. break. When we come back, back. we have more beer. beer. Fun facts. facts. And what we learned from June. I've got a beer, too. Have you ever watched an absolutely terrible movie and thought to yourself, what were they thinking? Because we sure have. So much so that we named our podcast after it. What were they thinking? Starring me, Nathan. And Brendan. Every other week, we take a bad to questionable movie and unpack it so you don't have to and then every other other week we ate your cues with our mailbag or you know talk about whatever yeah, no big whoop no no big whoop at all so that's what were they thinking you can catch us on podbean youtube itunes google play stitcher and more but also a ton of platforms that brendan made up Did you ever go on vacation with your family and hope the dance instructor would fall in love with you? No. But I did think a guy with a giant boombox playing Peter Gabriel outside my window in the middle of the night meant true and undying love. Listen to our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, where we revisit these movies and it turns out they weren't the best ideas. What were we thinking? You can find our podcast, Happily Ever Aftermath, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or your favorite podcatcher. You can also tweet at us at H-E-A-M-C-A-S-T. Heemcast. Hi, this is Dana Gould, and you're listening to everything I learned from movies on your radio, phone, computer, television, or record player. We're back. We're ready. And we're back. And we're back. Oh my God, oh my Steve, God, this Steve, was the greatest ad for the Brad in the history of the history. Oh, she's on her And uh, Ruben, I understand you have a very special beer with you. I do. I'm I'm drinking a German beer called Jefa, which is close to where I grew up. And you got a special order at here in Utah. It takes what four months or something. Oh jeez! <laughs> it's like the most bitter beer I've ever tasted in my life, and I think it's disgusting. And it's like his favorite beer. Well, what, 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 what kind of beer, what is, kind of beer is, it? is it? It's a pilsner. Yeah, pilsner. Oh, 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 wow! Really oh, happy. Really happy. Oh yeah. Uh, those are the Czech pills are usually really hoppy. That's kind of like those. We have to start now. Hold me up and you can have some of it. Come on, lockdowns. Everybody stay at home so I can have a beer. Speaking of which, what is it, Steve? Steve? Oh. <laughs> from, from 
from Moa Deep Brewing. Oh, I'm sorry, Moa Brewing. We have Johnny's American IPA. Merka. Let's see. What's the ABV on this count? Yep, 5%. All right. Let me pop my top. Pop my top. Nice. Boom me. Suck that head, baby. Yeah. Some of this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh this is oh, beautiful. It's beautiful. It's a great golden, golden color. color. It's a nice straw. Uh, totally, totally, you can read you a book through it. Through Absolutely, it. Absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous and clear. And clear. It's got an all white on the head. Lots of tiny bubbles. Ooh. It smells malty. A little bit cereal. Like, it's got that green in it. Sorry, I thought I had some fruit, then I realized I had fruit in this cup The melon cart. Yeah, it smells a little hoppy. You just got in for the taste. It's definitely more piney and citrusy and fruity, but yeah, it's nice. I found it on the hoppy side. Would anyone be interested in some fun facts? Sure. Only if they're fun facts. Super fun facts, because they're fun, fun facts. <laughs> All right. All right. Rotten Tomatoes. Ruben, Erica, what do you think critics thought, thought of David Lynch's Doom? I think they hated it. <laughs> <laughs> if you were to put, that, were a put that a percentage out of 100, though. 30? 30, I'll say. Below 50. Babe, how about you? Babe, how about you? Ooh, yeah. yeah critics I'm going to say 45. Yeah, pretty close. Fifty-three percent. Oh, more than I thought. Yeah, a uh, little higher for the audience, sixty-six percent. But uh, yeah, not, yeah, not incredibly high. high. All right, I think the audience was just happy that it was finally a Dune movie because yeah, it was yeah, pretty popular. Just anything. anything. <laughs> right. Oh, you know what? I bet oh, I got extra points, points. even though like most like, critics hated it. it. I'm gonna guess I'm gonna that the critics were like. You just didn't just read didn't the book read the and you, book don't, and you understand don't understand it? it. This is really just one much political allegory. And David Lynch really just like masterfully handled it. Whereas the ones are like, dude, I've no fucking clue what's happening. Star Crash is this. Yeah. By the way, maybe you're a critic voice. My jolly wife, man, who is so pompous about summers? <laughs> so, yeah, so, yeah, all right. so all right. 40 million dollar budget, budget for this movie. Not bad, right? It's got a big budget for the 80s and stuff. stuff but, uh, worldwide, uh, worldwide gross, worldwide gross 31, million $31 million dollars. Um, basically, basically their, their goal their to goal break, to break, break was even was would have had to make $200 million, million dollars, apparently. So, yeah, there was no. But, uh, but uh, all right, here, all right. Here's, here's a fun fact that blew my fucking mind. Writer director David Lynch turned down Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi to direct this movie, telling George Lucas, "It's your thing. It's not my thing." David Lynch could have directed Empire Strikes Back. Yes. Oh, sorry, Return of the Jedi. As a Star Wars fan, I'm very thankful he did not direct that because he would have fucked it up. Can you imagine, Can you imagine David, Lynch David Lynch with Ewoks? No. <laughs> oh, it would have gotten super, super weird. weird. Yeah. 
<laughs> probably would have bitten people and things like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, instead of doing so Return of the Jedi, Jedi, he did Star Wars. He did Star Wars. I mean, do I mean, do I mean, I mean yeah, so was kind of yeah, so kind of real. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's done well. I mean, it's don't done well. Well, I guess the question is who ripped who off, right? I mean, uh, Dune was a long Dune time in the making. Like 60s, right? Well, the books are 65, I think. That's when the book came out. So I don't think the book ripped off anybody, but if anything, the maybe the Star Wars movies ripped off what was planned for Dune, which, again, goes back to Jodorowsky. Oh, yeah, like Alien. Because his stuff was planned for the early 70s. Like seventy four, so yeah, I think he started his whole production on it like seventy four or seventy five. Yeah, by the way, it's been mentioned a couple times, times, but if you haven't seen it, go see Joe Ross. Oh yeah, I'm trying to do it in the seventies. It is incredible. Yep. <laughs> it's it, the documentary of Jodorowsky's Dune, like that film itself, is almost better than the David Lynch Dune movie, like all together. Because you know Jodorowsky talking about what he had planned for Dune is just amazing. You can you can visualize what he would have done, and it would have been the most amazing movie ever. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been so much fucking fun nuts. <laughs> it, it was too beautiful to live. That's, yeah, that's, that's right. What <laughs> yeah, and he would have had soundtracks by, like, Pink Floyd. Yeah. That, that would have, like, blown my mind. Pink Floyd would have scored everything that had to do with House Atreides. It would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah that's incredible. incredible. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I'm it would sure have been like my dad's, dad's favorite movie if that were the case. Absolutely. Another fun fact. Oh, and that also kind of ties in with something with us. Val Kilmer, Val Kilmer and Rob Lowe both turned down the role of Paul Atreides. Wow. Yes, Val Kilmer could have been Wadi. Hey, what does that have to do with us specifically? Well, we've recently reached out to Val, and since he's not acting anymore due to, you know, circumstances, we're supporting his small business, his limited art production. We have a Val Kilmer original right over our fireplace right now. It is It's a self-portrait as Batman. Oh, how old would he have been when this movie was made? Oh, th- this oh, would have been like right after, after uh, uh, was it Real was Genius, Real or, Genius top or Top Secret, whichever one. Yeah. So yeah. young young 20s or something? Baby. 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 Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like pre-top <laughs> gun. Steve? <laughs> <laughs> Steve? Like, like three years ago, I told you we would have a Kilmer painting hanging up over fireplace. I'd have said I'd you were insane. Because <laughs> <laughs> we didn't have a fireplace. Pull one, yes. Pull one, yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, so yeah, uh, the total uh, the number of production, production came, came to 1,700. This movie required 80 sets built on 16 different sound stages. More than six years in the making required writer and director David Lynch's work for the last three and a half years of Damn. Damn. Uh, wow. Some scenes were filmed in the same location, location and at the same, same time, time as, as 
Conan, Conan the Destroyer, Destroyer uh, it, also it also opened the same weekend, same weekend as Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Cop. And fun fact, fact is the, is the only David Lynch David movie Lynch to ever to be ever in the be top, in the top five, five on opening, opening weekend. weekend. It was number two. <laughs> <by> <laughs> <Ryan>. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> David Lynch David isn't Lynch in it for the money. For the money. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> oh, the, uh, oh, the uh, tendons, tendons visible, visible when Paul when is Paul uh, hooking uh, the worm. Uh, they were made from condoms. Oh, yeah, here we go. Okay. Alejandro Kodorowski was originally planned on filming Dune. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. On filming Dune in the early 70s. And had enlisted the help of Jean Giraud and Peter Geiger to create the movie's visual style. Salvador Dali was the emperor. Um, and Yodorowsky uh, cast his own cast son, Brontus, as Paul, David Carradine as Duke Vito, Orson Welles as the Baron, and Gloria Swanson as the Ben Garrisett Reverend Butler. And of course, soundtrack by Pink Floyd. And Mick Jagger as Anything else I can like that one? It would have been fucking incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's There's right. All the, all the spaceships, spaceships were like, were like purple and yellow, and, yellow and like and very, very, yeah, very, yeah, very self like, there's, there's a there's a quote from Alejandro Jodorowsky where he says that he wanted to give, like, when he was planning for his version of Dune, he wanted to give the youth of that day. Um, the experience of being on LSD and the hallucinations of LSD, but without actually ingesting the drug. Like he wanted the movie to be a total mind fuck and alter the conscious consciousness of the kids of that day. And, and it just, you know, like purples and yellows and greens and weird hallucinatory type effects. Yeah. I wonder if Plus the movie could have been about 20 hours long. Well, wait, what? 20 hours long? Well, that's what Yudorowsky was talking about in the documentary. He didn't really plan for it to ever stop. Like, at that time, movie studios were giving him, like, a limit of saying, okay, the hour, hour and a half kind of thing for the movie yeah. theater so they can sell more tickets. But he wasn't going to let them dictate that. So he was, when asked about how long his movie was going to be, he was very vague about it, saying, well, could be six hours, could be 12 hours, could be 20 hours. (laughs) So it would have been interesting to sit in a theater that long. (laughs) (laughs) It was like intermissions for like like e-breaks and stuff like that. I say that, I say that would that just be like a, be like a special. special. <laughs> right. I mean, these days it's it's a mini series, right? Yeah, and that's what yeah. he was saying too. But at that time in the early seventies, that was unheard of. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was, so every movie had to be an hour and a half, and he just didn't want it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the last fun fact I have: uh, original director Ridley Scott, Ridley Scott left, the left the production after his older after brother, his older brother, brother suddenly, suddenly passed away. Passed away. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott wanted to start, wanted to start working, as working as soon as possible, possible but Dune was still in production, so it thought it would take too long. So instead, so he, left he left the project, the project in favor, in favor for Blade Runner, Blade Runner which was, which was uh, ready, to start uh, ready to start immediately, 
The sequel to the Blade, Blade Runner, Runner was, directed was directed by, by Denis Villeneuve, Villeneuve, who is now, is now directing, directing the upcoming, the upcoming adaptation, adaptation of Dune. Full circle. Full circle. No, I don't know. <laughs> well, another, I guess you could say, Ridley Scott tie-in is, you know, how Alien, the artwork in Alien, the concept for it was H.R. Geiger based. Yeah. He was the artist. Well, Yodorovsky wanted Geiger to design everything for his version of Dune. So there's this weird tie-in that Geiger would have been involved in Ridley Scott movies, too. Nice. Yeah, it was. I, I seem to remember, I like, remember one of the like designs, one of the for, designs the, for the, 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 the worms, worms for Dune and Jodorowsky's Dune was, like, was like very, similar very similar to Xenomorph. To Xenomorph. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. yeah. And, and like, the Baron Harkonnen's um, palace, it, it would have looked a lot like an alien head, like a Xenomorph head. Yeah, guys, okay, guys check, check, check out the documentary. Check out the documentary. It's fantastic. That's right, Let's do that's it. a short yeah. version. <laughs> Uh, but, but, but before you go, before you go uh, uh, ladies, gentlemen, ladies, gentlemen, what did, what we, did learn we learn from Dune? One of the things is that I guess you can have too many inner voices and it gets annoying. <laughs> because this whole movie is, is full of it. But again, I mean, how do you fit that much story into into a, a two-hour movie without yeah, yeah. without these inner voices explaining stuff? But it was a little annoying. Uh, Erica, how about you? How about you? Maybe about I, the dogs. <laughs> I, yeah, dogs don't change in the next eight thousand years. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to think about what I learned from it. Maybe that you know, there's always some kind of commodity like unobtainium from Avatar, where where somebody's always after some limited resource, and that that battle will never be over for humankind yeah like like vibranium in wakanda yeah yeah exactly (laughs) there's always a mcguffin like oil oil on earth spice on arrakis unobtainium on whatever that planet was called i can't remember Uh, the core yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh wait, you mean oh, the Avatar? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How about you, babe? How about you, man? Space, space witches. Space witches. Space witches. <laughs> yeah, space witches. <laughs> um, I learned. I learned. Fear is the fear mind is the killer. killer. Uh huh. That's uh, true. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. Let's also, see. Have something also about something about fucking a heart. I don't remember. <laughs> and the only way, the to, only avoid way the to avoid the worm is to walk, is to walk without, without, rhythm. without rhythm or dance without rhythm. <laughs> the sleeper the must awaken. I also I learned, learned that. that. And he who controls the spice controls the universe. Steve, I have a whole cabinet full of spice. Yeah. I also learned something about. I learned something about men sticking their hands in women's boxes. <laughs> yeah. like she commanded him to stick his hand in her box it was pretty funny yeah oh oh she threatened oh, his, his life. life yeah yep she did it's the 80s it's the man, 80s, man. <laughs> a lot of hurtful lot of boxes, hurtful boxes and, uh, and spice, uh, spice going around, around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> on, on every glass on every table, glass table <laughs> 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 well, 
Ruben and Erica, thank you for finally joining us here on Everything I Learned from Movies. Where can we find you on social media if you'd like to do so? My Instagram is I'm a plant nerd. I am a P-L-A-N-T-N-E-R-D. I'm a plant nerd. And I am on Facebook, but probably Instagram is a better place. I don't post too many photos, but that's where I go. Yeah, true. She's a uh, she's a master botanist and has some incredible plants going. <laughs> yeah, definitely check her out on Instagram. See, uh, see some of those majesties. Yeah. Uh, Ruben, how about you? You want to plug? Uh, I'm on Twitter mostly, and my my Twitter handle is BigBen212, and I I post most. I mean, I have this this robot going that posts our movie of the day every day. <laughs> and especially during the lockdown, we've been watching a lot of movies. So there's a movie every day, basically. And uh, that's on, on my Twitter every day. Excellent. Yeah, and I've noticed yeah, that a lot, a lot of them being uh, suggestions, suggestions of from time to time. Yeah, there's some <laughs> stuff we, we follow your suggestions on, and some stuff is just too weird. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I mean, we, we watched that boy and this dog kind of. Disbelieving. <laughs> oh, what did you think? I thought it was really crazy, and especially that you could feel feel sympathy for a boy that's just out to try to rape women, and a dog helping him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you, I have, have no idea what you're talking this about. This was like after the after a nuclear war out in the desert and there's houses that are fully covered with sand and you go through the roof and find women to rape. I have absolutely <laughs> no recollection of this. <laughs> it's Don Johnson and the Shaggy Dog. It's it's Izzy's mom's favorite movie of all time. Exactly. And I thought that's that's worth a try, you know, but it was a weird movie. I don't think I'll watch it again. <laughs> did, did you enjoy all the bacon recipes? <laughs> the recipes? I don't know. There was... I mean, they found canned food every now and then, right? When, when, so when he meets the underground civilization, they have a loudspeaker, the bacon recipes, but there are no pigs. Right. Yeah, I don't know that I remember that much of it. Oh no! And babe, uh, on that note, where where can we find you on social media? You can find you can me find just about just everywhere at Untidy Venus. It's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping, especially over Etsy, untidyvenus.etsy.com, where I have all kinds of handmade crafts. I've got prints. We have paracord creations from the lovely Steve, all kinds of fun stuff. Excellent. And of course, you can find us everything I learned from movies on all your favorite podcasters. We're at EILF Movies on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I guess until next time, I'm Steve. I'm busy. I'm Ruben. I'm Erica. And this is Everything I Learned from Movies. Good night, everybody.